0: Welcome to the Partnership Economy. This podcast explores the power of partnerships through candid conversations with industry leaders. Join our hosts, Dave Ivano CEO, and Todd Crawford, co-founder of Impact.com, as they unpack the future of partnerships as a lever for scale and an opportunity to put the consumer first.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Partnership Economy podcast. I'm your host, Todd Crawford, co founder and vice president of strategic initiatives at impact.com. I'm joined today by Heidi Sloschenberger, senior manager, affiliate marketing and partnerships at Foot Locker. Welcome, Heidi. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Todd.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you on. And I guess just to kind of help everybody understand what you're doing there at Foot Locker and what Foot Locker really means, because I know there's more brands than just Foot Locker. Can you just kind of give us an overview of your role in the team and the brands?
0: Yes, absolutely. So, hi everyone. I'm Heidi Solchenberger. I sit within the digital marketing team here at Foot Locker. I am the affiliate marketing lead. I oversee the North America strategy for Foot Locker, Kids Foot Locker, Foot Locker Canada, Champs, East Bay, and Foot Action. My team sits within the digital team, and really there's strategy leads for each channel. We're really kind of like the center of excellence of Foot Locker Digital. We're really the thought leaders on the strategy and where we want to take the digital programs and always trying to be innovative in how we go to market digitally.
1: So you're kind Um, of the conductor of the orchestra.
0: Yes, I am orchestrating the affiliate show.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, it helps that way all the best practices and standards and things kind of all get applied. Yeah. Yeah. Learnings. So is there's a team (laughs) for each brand or is it one team managing all the brands?
0: So there is a Foot Locker team, there's a Kids Foot Locker team, a Foot Action team. And really, where I sit within the Foot Locker digital team is we are almost like the subject matter experts. And we run across all of those banners. I'm the one who's guiding the Foot Locker team and really presenting the strategy of where we need to take the affiliate program. I have a counterpart that's on SEO that's doing the same thing in his kind of role. Same thing for CRM. We're the subject matter experts that almost run through the banner pods. We call our brands banners here. So it's going to
1: definitely trip me up on
0: this podcast.
1: Right, right. Well, I guess that's everybody's got it straight now. Well, that's exciting and kind of fortunate. I think a lot of companies are probably envious that you're structured this way because I know resources are always a challenge and being able to have so many brands and really apply a
0: center of excellence, I think is a great idea. I think I've seen at least in the last year that there seems to be more affiliate roles going internally at brands. I don't know if you've noticed the same trend where there's just seems to be an abundance of manager and senior manager roles opening up at brands that maybe wasn't really the case like two or three years ago.
1: The one thing I do see, even for the brands that work with an agency still have kind of an owner, right? That owns that channel and works with the agency. Maybe they just don't get the resources internally. So they are able to be creative and say, well, we can get an agency. It's probably the same budget we're asking for to staff it internally. But for some reason, the appetite or the budgeting works better that way.
0: Yeah. I think in general, it's just whether it's internal or external, like you're saying, it's just really growing industry right now in the last like year or so.
1: I think the partnerships and affiliate managers seem to be in more demand. I had a conversation with someone that heads an agency and and he was mentioning that just getting that talent is very competitive now. So I guess that's a good thing for the industry. Gives people a chance to grow their careers and work for different companies. And that's awesome, I think. But everybody's struggling right now with hiring. We hire a lot. We're growing a lot. So it's a constant thing for us as well. So... When we think about partnerships, affiliate at Foot Locker Brands or Banners, what's top of mind right now for you?
0: For me, it's really about how do we get more strategic? You know, I think in the last three or four years, when you raise cash back, you're raising on almost your full product file. For me, I'm trying to think of how do we get more strategic with our cash back? How do we do dynamic rates to grow pillars of the business that have maybe been a little underserved? So going off of product attributes like women's products, how do I grow the women's business in a performance marketing way? And really trying to focus on brands that maybe aren't Nike and Jordan, which are our bread and butter. How do I better support and incentivize someone to shop for Crocs through Foot Locker that we might not have had Crocs like four years ago, but how do I get someone to buy it from us now? That's really where our future is heading is how do we grow the women's business? How do we grow some of those tertiary brands how do we even grow the apparel business? Because you know it's right in our name that we're Foot Locker. We sell footwear. How do we grow that apparel business? That's just been like underserved. So for me, it's how do I get strategic in a performance marketing way to grow those pillars in my own way?
1: Is that a company initiative or is that something you just kind of tackled yourself? I mean, it, it's like the women's line and
0: apparel. It's definitely a company initiative. I'd love to take <laughs> credit for it, but it's a company goal. I think that if you go into our stores, you'll see you know women's is definitely a little bit smaller. And we're seeing that women are getting more invested in sneakers. And there's all these different content sites like Common East that are focusing on women's sneakers and how do we better serve that community. So it's a big company goal.
1: Yeah, I think it's nice to hear that you're trying to use partnerships, product lines or demographic-based products to penetrate and grow yeah. a segment of your customer base. I think a lot of companies think about maybe stuff like that. But in general, it's kind of like any sale. Yeah. Sale. That's always top line is the main growth lever. But I think it is important for companies to think about either customer types, expanding into it, being stronger or more competitive there. That's definitely a smart strategy. So what keeps you up at night? What are you worried about in the channel right now?
0: I think for me, some of the things that I've had said to me is like, okay, someone said to me in passing, Affiliate program, yeah, it's business as usual. It can be a little passive. There's not as great of targeting capabilities like other channels. And when I tell you that, made my head turn, I was like, business as usual. Don't you see like all this, like you know, offensive plays that we're putting together where we're trying to get after, yeah, like this product targeting? So I think that what keeps me up at night is like thinking, how do we change the narrative of affiliate being a little bit of this like passive channel and that? we're really playing offense and that we have targeting capabilities in our own way. And even then, like, what are the targeting capabilities out there that I don't know about? So I think that's what keeps me up at night. I'm too competitive for anyone to ever say business as usual to me. So I'm trying to figure out like that offensive play and how to keep building that channel and change that narrative.
1: Well, I'm sure a lot of other people in the space hear that internally as well. And This is a good feedback or input. I think so many people are used to the Googles and the Facebook and programmatic, which to me, I see as like a slot machine. You just put money in and it works. And it's very instantaneous. Like you can spend money today and see results tomorrow. Yet partnerships is something that you really nurture and develop and evolve. Take time. Yeah. But the targeting isn't the same at the impression level. Like We only want to show this ad to women in a certain age or geo or education range. What you're really doing is saying, well, we're working with a publisher that is a media company, and it's 87% women, their readership. So, of course, we're targeting more women than men. And this is a great place for us to get product reviews or any kind of placements, right? So I think it's just kind of helping people understand where someone's stronger in targeting, air quotes.
0: Yeah. And we've built out some like really great reporting too with Impact. I have to say that the Data Lab has helped us uncover what you're talking about with finding where those women shoppers are. We definitely didn't even have coupon code reporting like a few years ago. So the advancements we've made in the reporting to find those insights that you're talking about where I couldn't have told you a year ago where our women shoppers were coming from, but we've built out some really great reporting within the data lab and are finding those insights and making these informed media buys now. So kudos to your team for building that stuff. It makes my life just so easy.
1: Well, kudos to you to kind of get that data into the system so that you can report on it. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they'll look at new versus returning, which I think is also an interesting perspective, like which partners drive more new versus returning, because the value is higher there, right? Maybe same order value, but obviously when it's a new customer and you know there's definitely arguments of what's a new customer like every sale is a new customer because it's so competitive out there and what you guys sell is not unique to Foot Locker right i mean there's yeah. other retailers selling those products
0: exactly we have to think of why should someone buy their air force with us versus with finish line or nike directly so it's definitely super competitive to get that new to file and to get that person to convert with us instead of going D to C or some other competitor.
1: Could you mention promo codes. Are you using promo codes to drive more sales for female? I mean, or is that one of your strategies too? Like just offering promotions in that we, product line? We
0: haven't necessarily built up capabilities where it's a coupon code for a specific subset of product, but we've built out, like I said before, we've tested some cash back on all the women's products and saw really great results. It was very interesting to see that that small like micro change and what it really caused. And it is very fascinating. We've seen some really interesting results too when you're doing more personalized coupon codes. So, you know, if you're doing it with a student discount program and really what that personalized offer can drive for you new to file. I did a data report on it. And when I looked at it, I honestly thought I read it wrong because the results were so strong of what this personalized program really drove for new to file. I had to like read it three times like, that says that? (laughs) So yeah, it's really interesting how everyone thinks that coupon codes are just margin eaters, but they can be really great new to file acquisition. And they don't get, I think, the recognition that they really do drive for a business. I think everyone just has the same business as usual, just eating the margin, but it's an acquisition tool. If it's like a super personalized, not copy paste slap on the homepage. This podcast is brought to you by impact.com, the leading global partnership management platform. Impact.com is your marketplace to discover and manage all types of partnerships, including affiliates, influencers, B2B partners, and commerce content publishers.
1: Hear a lot of companies struggle with coupon-driven promotions because you know, I think it really kicked into gear back in 08 when the economy kind of went down with the mortgage implosion. And then people just started tightening the belt and wanting coupons. And it became kind of almost people came conditioned to it. If I see a promo code box in the checkout, I'm going to go look for one. But also, like you said, I think The key here is being strategic about it. Like, how can we use these to drive behavior that we want? I know historically, a lot of people have used promo codes above an AOV, average AOV for the site to get the AOV up is smart. But you're saying you're doing it even a little bit more granular. Can you give an example of a promo code that elicited a result that you wanted?
0: Yes. So we have a student discount program through our partner, Student Beans. And it's a private one where the students have to verify that they actually are in school with a .edu email. And so, you know, they can't be accessed on a retell-me-not page or anything like that. So once they're verified, they can use them on sites. We've gotten it where it's like, we can give it to certain subsets of groups. And again, kind of going back, like cashback, my new favorite thing to try and do that because I don't know necessarily like if we have the technical capabilities to say like, oh, only things on this landing page are coupon code applicable. But that's where I'm trying to get a little bit more strategic and with the cash back and just looking for those kind of private closed net group coupons since we don't want everything always living on the homepage.
1: Right. That's smart. All right. So let's talk about what industry dynamics have your attention right now.
0: So I've really been paying attention to some of the buy now pay laters. I think that they've totally just exploded on the market in the last like 18 months. That's one of the groups that we're seeing the most increases with. I think it's really fascinating because everyone immediately goes, well, oh, that's just people promoting bad spending behavior. Well, really, like there's other things like when we think of our target demo, it's a Gen Z kind of millennial who might not have as much money. It does help them afford these purchases. And they're trying to be smarter about maybe not taking all the debt on right away and spreading out their purchases. But we've seen some really great lift with them. And even looking at their AOV, I still think that loyalty will always kind of be one of the highest AOVs, but they're still up there. They're like second, third place. Like it's a lot higher than you would think because we're giving people options and the consumer just wants ease and different options and not necessarily always having to pay for things upfront. So that's one of the verticals that really has my attention right now. I feel like we're seeing them pop up more and more. I want to say, isn't Amazon launching one soon? Or are they trying to launch one?
1: I can't imagine that they would, you know, I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah, they to probably Amazon make more everything. money
1: off of a sale yeah. that way. But I agree. I think it has, as you said, exploded in recent times. I think it became... You know, first people are like, why would I do that? I'll just pay for it. But then I think there was enough awareness that it existed. It wasn't on every 10th website, it started being yeah. on every fifth website. And people start yeah. saying, well, this is a viable option. Maybe during COVID times are tough. I mean, to spread it over yeah. a few months to make the payment, it's not like you're putting it on a credit card, you're just making yeah. four easy payments, right? Usually is how it works.
0: Yeah. And I think there is probably like, you know, a little bit of an APR if you miss payments. And really I think that it's always existed but not necessarily digitally. Paying for items on like layaway, that's nothing new. It's just now it's new on a digital scale. I had worked in a retail store before and we had people put expensive ugg boots on layaway and come in and make payments. So I think it's just interesting that it's like digitized now, but it's always been around. It just I don't know if it always affected people's credit score.
1: Yeah, it's interesting cuz layaway you make your payments and then get the product. With yeah by later, yeah, later you get the product later so goods. it's even better to the consumer but yeah, I see your point too anything else that is grabbing your attention?
0: obviously, you know all the fascinating b two b partnerships, I think we're continuing to see brands partner up where again, they don't maybe have the exact same product, but they have a really common denominator in like their consumer base. One of the interesting ones that we saw in the pandemic was Peloton and Adidas partnering up you know two fitness brands, but they don't necessarily compete. I mean, well, I guess Adidas has clothes, but they don't have Pelotons. And Peloton has Pelotons, but not Peloton clothes. So I thought it was just, yeah, again, really interesting and continuing to see these brands partner up that you are like having these aha moments. like That makes so much sense if these two would partner up.
1: Yeah, we've definitely been seeing more B2B or brand-to-brand type partnerships evolving. And I think similar to Buy Now, Pay Later, maybe five years ago, I think that's where we are with this. People are starting to say, I see them and now I've got some or I want some, (laughs) right? It was weird at first for two brands to partner, right? It was like always brand and publisher. And now it's like, well, wait a minute. And where I see this is really, again, back to the consumer. It's benefiting them. Usually those combinations are synergistic to the consumer Mm -hmm. as opposed to just another way of advertising to a customer, right? It's, It's kind of a benefit.
0: Definitely. I'm on the hunt for my first one. I have it in the works. I'm just hoping it all pulls through. So I'm really excited about that space right now.
1: Well, I usually don't toot my own horn, but (laughs) I know that you're a big fan of our data lab and a lot of the listeners may not not even know what it is. As opposed to me explaining it, I'd love someone who actually loves using it and gets value out of it to maybe just explain what it is and why you like it.
0: So the Data Lab is a custom <clears throat> report builder, and what I really love about it is that years before you would have had to go to Impacts developers say like I want a custom report that does X, Y, and Z, and there is a fee attached. But now with the Data Lab, I can do all of that at my fingertips, and I can really build out these custom reports that really get super granular and solve some of my day to day business. It's almost. Like I described, it's a live Excel sheet where you can really manipulate the data. I've built out reporting to identify publishers who are driving non-Nike and Jordan business for me. And I can really get down to what partner is doing it, what are the products within there, and see where my opportunities are. Before, it was downloading hundreds and thousands of Excel sheets and having to manually manipulate the data. It really wasn't even that awesome. This is almost like pulling in 8 Excel sheets into one neat reporting suite. And so it's made my life easier where I'm not dealing with the thousands and thousands of Excel sheets in my downloads. And I can dynamically do this. I have it auto-sent to my business stakeholders for the notes that they might need for the meetings with their GMs on Monday mornings. So if they want to know how the women's business is doing an affiliate, they have an automated super granular report on Monday morning at 7am right in their inbox. So I'm obsessed with it. My team makes fun of me. They're always like, take a shot every time Heidi says the data lab, because it's just been that great.
1: (laughs) You can tell you're a data junkie. And I think that's really what this product appeals to. I am that way too. I mean, I love a good Excel spreadsheet with data that I want to kind of look around and filter for and kind of find the needles in the haystack. But it is nice uh, just having it in a UI.
0: My wedding RSVP tracker is a pivot table. I'm a nerd with Excel. So... (laughs) It's even more friendly than Excel.
1: So as we wrap up, I know you've done a lot in your career. Obviously, you're at FootLocker now in the center of excellence, helping all the different business units, banners, maximize the results out of the partner and affiliate channel. Along your journey, who has been big influencers or mentors for you?
0: It's actually really funny. You know, I think women sometimes have that imposter syndrome and when the footlocker role opened up, I was like, Oh, this sounds really cool. I was like, I don't really know if I'm smart enough to be there though. And I don't know if you know her, but Jen Goodwin, who's at Honey now, she was my mm-hmm. manager when I was at the agency. And she was just like, Heidi, you're so smart. They would be blown away to have you. You don't have the years on the paper that they're asking for, but you can do everything and you will slam dunk this. And I actually didn't apply. She went around and told the Foot Locker team to interview me and to reach out. It was really interesting to like never apply for a role formally and to have your manager go out and say, you need to hire this person. And she just gave me that confidence boost. It was super influential. I love her.
1: That is an amazing story. I'm glad you got to share yeah. that. Kudos to her. And take note, all you managers out there, helping yes. your direct reports advance their career is really the right thing to be focused on.
0: Yeah. No, she's been awesome and such a great friend.
1: Well, I greatly appreciate you coming on to our fledgling podcast. You're going to be one of our first that we've done. Yeah, I just really want to thank you, Heidi, for participating on the Partnership Economy podcast. And I want to let everyone know to just stay tuned for more interesting conversations on future podcasts.
0: Thanks for having me, Todd. It was great catching up with you.